welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. I'm Sarah Whitus. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Amanda. What's going on this week? Um, I watched a lot of TV. I've been sick. I'm going to try not <laughs> to cough sick. into the microphone, but I've got a lot of TV to talk about, so that's, that's exciting. We'll, we'll excuse you if it happens. That's okay. Um, it's a big TV week. The uh, Television Critics Association uh, press tour is happening this week. What's that? Um, it's exciting it's when i mean there used to be the big like sweeps week stuff Mm -hmm. where like all of the television networks like hyped all of the the new things that mostly to advertisers that was kind of the point of sweeps you know that, that that the networks would like raise their advertising rates during these sweeps weeks um and they would really just like hype all of this to the advertisers uh, where they would set their advertising rates for the coming years but now it's like that matters so little now in our like new landscape of television where like mm-hmm. networks <laughs> don't really matter and advertisers matter even less yeah um so now the people that honestly i think kind of matter more than ever are the tv critics especially with their like power on twitter yes. so yes for sure. you know the networks really just these days like kind of pitch directly to critics um and they have like different panels on all the new shows so something that really caught my eye this week was um abc's panel on uh the new season of Roseanne, um, Mm -hmm. which debuts uh, at the end of March. I kind of thought it was much sooner than that, but it's March 27th. Um, Interesting stuff. Whole cast of Roseanne, one of my favorite shows of all time. So I am. That's true. You know, Roseanne turned into kind of a total nut job on Twitter. um, Right. A couple of years ago. Yeah, she went off the rails. Uh, went off the rails a few years ago she like was running for like the green party presidential nomination and then like did a total 360 and was like a big trump supporter last year and like was like doing the whole libtards thing Mm -hmm. um really not great she revealed both at this at this press tour um panel that her children took away her twitter um which obviously right a little reminiscent of like trump right um which should probably happen with him there her children comment she said her children um took away her twitter um and they also basically deleted all of her trump stuff like they basically like deleted her entire twitter feed and she like started over um in january (laughs) um and i find that very interesting she also talked about how the the um connors are going to be they're like Trump supporters in the new show. That sounds like a show um, I don't want to watch. To be perfectly I know, honest I know. with you, it's I'm fair, and that's like, that. it's fair. I that's the that's the uh, that's the reaction I've been seeing a lot on Twitter. A lot of people are just like, nope, don't need it. Um, it is totally fair. Uh, I'm still very curious. Um, I've heard from critics that I respect that the first two episodes, which they've released are really really good um i probably would totally write it off if roseanne wasn't a show that just like meant a lot to me um but i'm i'm curious so that was kind of the big big thing that um stuck out to me at the the tca tour um 
this year. We'll see how that goes. We can talk about it, you know, maybe a little bit more when we get to March closer to the premiere date. Yeah, because the um, big thing to talk about today that we're going to get into later um, is the Golden Globes, which we're, we're yes. speaking on Tuesday evening, and they happened a couple nights ago. Sunday um, night, yep. And it was a, a big night for ladies, so... Big night for women, um, and women's... What I refer to very progressively as women's issues. Yeah. yeah that's how... That's Yeah, Just that's how issues. I like to refer... <laughs> yeah, that's how I like to refer to it. Um, but first, kind of what we're watching this week, what, Tommy, I know you, you said you were sick, you watched a lot of TV. Sure did. Let's talk a little bit about what you watched this week. Well, um, a show that I want to plug that I don't... I don't think you have seen and I actually don't know anyone except our friend Tess who's also watched this but it's called Wanted it's a Netflix show it's had two seasons already um and it's basically oh it's so good it's like Australian Thelma and Louise I mean it's kind of simple so it's not like it's you know it's not groundbreaking um it's not very prestige but the premise is that these two women they are very different one is a very tight tightly wound Uh, accountant and the other is named Lola and she's a cashier chick is I guess what they call them in Australia cashier chicks and Hmm. um, she's like middle-aged and they witness a crime and they have to go on the run because it was corrupt cops and so they are basically on the run from cops good and bad and it's great fun and it's just a wonderful like see this is thing is there's a word for this for men like bromance but Mm -hmm. there's not one for women and it's true. It's like a bromance for women. It's great. I wonder if that's just because people consider this like female friendships by default. <laughs> like our Yeah. You know, like this is like it can be so much Yeah, we don't need a word for it, but we need a word for it with men because men like aren't don't have friends. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it's great and um I'm gonna finish the second season soon, I think, so I can talk about it more another time. But um, I also watched the new Star Trek, which has some real undertones of our current uh, neo-fascist system. And everyone, mm. if you're not, if you're a Star Trek fan and you are not watching the show, it takes a great turn this past week. Um, one of my favorite characters gets a real great chance to uh, shine, and it's really fun. And I'm really excited where it's going. Um, what did you watch this week? Um, mostly what I watched this week was the Twin Peaks special features. I Jesus, Sarah. I know. I talked a little bit last week about how I got the, uh, the, the new season, The Return on Blu-ray. This podcast is just going to become... There's like 20 hours of like special features. It's just going to become I'm... me talking about TV and you talking about Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. <laughs> I know. Honestly, like, like just tweet us if you would watch that, if you would listen to that show, because like, I would, Cause she's like, fine with that. to be honest, I would do that. Um, and no, they're like actually really good. They had these like, do, like there were like three different people documenting the entire production of the season. And it's like fascinating to watch David Lynch work um i learned that his his pet name for laura dern is tidbit um (laughs) you know like i just i really am obsessed my boyfriend got the uh really kind of cut it off my this i was i spent about 15 minutes watching they had every single trailer for the show that aired there were like 20 different trailers like different previews that aired um 
and they, they, you know, they compiled all of them and I was just watching them all in a row. And he was like, this is, uh, this is untenable. I, I can't support this. <laughs> um, but it was really good. Um, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I still have about 10 hours of documentaries to watch. Um, we, I know, so very exciting. The Good Place came back. Oh, this week as well with episode. a great a great episode we don't want to spoil it too much um but there were there were more blake bortles jokes oh, all you had to do was to keep quiet but you couldn't stop talking about kendall jenner or that dumb quarterback what was his name Derek bortles always ranting about Derek bortles lucky for you my friend jaguars games are the only ones televised in the bad place because they suck! <laughs> no, they don't. All we need is a defense and an offense and some rule changes. <laughs> <laughs> which funny. really, which I got to tell you, would have meant absolutely nothing to me this time last oh, year. Right. But, be- but because it was my first year in our fantasy football league, Fair I actually understood <laughs> the jokes. He was not on my, my lineup, but I uh, saw him, his name frequently in our weekly roundups um, by our, our commissioner um and wouldn't have gotten it but now i do and it was just an extremely if you're into um if you're like into uh the character um of uh, jason mendoza jason of jason mendoza like it's just a it's like it's such a good turn for him a uh, great ted dan i mean they're all great ted danson episodes <laughs> but like um an especially good ted danson episode an especially good manny jacinto um episode and manny jacinto was at the so the wild card nfc wild card game this past sunday was the jacksonville jaguars versus the buffalo bills and the jaguars won spoiler alert and um, manny Hisinto was at the game on the sideline and tweeting from it and i just gotta say i'm so into how committed to the joke the good place is on twitter oh i didn't know this i need to follow him on twitter um yeah it is so funny he's there and he um he's like tweeting out like you know, just yelling out Blake Bortles and things like that. It's so great. They were following along. Apparently also The Good Place, their Twitter um, account, they only follow two people. That's it. Two accounts. And it's Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> so and they're good. just so committed to this joke. And it's wonderful. I, um, I gotta say, The Good Place has not gotten a lot of awards love at this point i guess none really not yet (laughs) um it hasn't yet i mean it's only in its second season i i hasn't really been recognized the golden globes or the emmys i i have faith that it will be nominated uh will be recognized at the emmys i really do um and because it's kind of i mean the emmys really loved parks and recreation yeah um it loved the office i think that it's in the same vibe um as as both of those shows so i definitely think that there's a lot of room for it to grow in terms of award show um recognition but i really gotta say i'm really looking forward to the good place being nominated for best comedy at the emmys because i want to see manny jacinto like on the red carpet i want to see him in a tux right i want to see him in a tux he's so pretty so pretty um i want to i i just like i know it's coming 
It's going to come. It's going to happen. Um, and I'm just, I'm very excited Boob for the day that we get to see. Yeah, that we get to see like Manny Jacinto like glam on the red carpet. I'm, I just can't wait for this yes. uh, to happen eventually. Um, so I think the other thing that we wanted to talk about this week, uh, maybe our main show discussion of the week, which we teased quite a bit last week. There was a lot of ranting. <laughs> um <sighs> But we both watched the X Files season premiere. We had it's garbage. I don't hated it so much. (laughs) I don't think that. So okay, so you talk about it first. Tell me, (laughs) Amanda's thoughts. Garbage. Um, (laughs) Just the writing. The writing. Yeah, give me, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. Give them to me. I just couldn't handle the overbearing exposition. I mean, it was the the voiceover monologues of Mulder driving in the you know product placement Ford Mustang on the highway you know and just very <laughs> overwrought writing like and then and it just you know lines it's now the most overwritten show it's on television. so overwritten like some of the lines were just uh just painful and no one talks that way even though you know i think we both agree that the cigarette smoking man and um played by william b davis who's kind of like the arch villain throughout every season of the show is still really great he's the big bad but um man he he some of the lines he says you're just like oh come on like i was saying out loud like god he's great William B. Davis as the smoking man, I think, has killed it from day one on this show. I mean, end of the premiere of and he's just he's in the pilot of the show, just lurking in the background. Um, But I and he's just I think he's always fantastic. Um, But it's not his fault that Chris Carter writes trash dialogue for him. Um, I didn't I didn't hate it as much as I thought that I would based on this episode it was called My Struggle 3. The shades the of premiere so and weird. finale. I know it is weird. It is weird. And the premiere and finale of last year's um, or I guess actually the last season aired about two years ago now um, uh, were called My Struggle. The premiere was My Struggle and the finale was My Struggle 2. And they've kind of I think the premiere was started with a monologue from Mulder. The finale of last year started with a monologue from Scully. This year's starts with a monologue from the cigarette smoking man. They're all um, boring. They're all boring. No, they're all bad. Like they're all bad monologues. Um like I again I don't want you, I don't want to, anyone to to get me wrong here. This episode was like at best a, a two and a half out of five stars. Um I didn't One and a half. think it was <laughs> um, Vulture and Near Magazine's uh, Vulture blog described it as um, the recap was like approaching telenovela ridiculousness. Ha, that's true, though. Which is t- I thought was perfect. I mean, honestly, I watch these things and I'm like, Chris Carter writes these things like as if he has like slammed three Adderall, <laughs> a couple of Red Bulls, and then is writing them in like a manic. He's state. like, "This is genius. This is just pure genius." Right? right. He's like, "Yeah, this is solid gold," <laughs> and he just like, <laughs> like writes worst it down. MFA it's class just, nonsense. Yeah, it's just like, um, you know, I mean, we're not talking a lot about the substance of the episodes here, but I mean, like, it, you well, know, what was just, there to talk about it? She woke up and it was yeah, all a dream. I'm so sick of right. that. What is last that? year's finale ended with basically like a virus unleashed upon 
um, humanity, uh, the world over by basically by the cigarette smoking man who um, wanted to like wipe out humanity because he thought we've like fucked up the world, which honestly fair. Um, Not all of humanity. No, not all of humanity, except for those who have alien DNA, um, which you, if you've um, watched the show, Scully has um, alien DNA as a result of her abduction. um, And so does um, her son. Um, So we've been led to believe up to this point that her son is, um, Mulder's spawn as well that she um, wanted to get pregnant. Her spawn. I mean, honestly, like that's how that's the only way you can refer to an alien offspring. I, I think, think that's is, true. Is, actually, is spawn as legally that's legally the case. Um, Poor kid. Yeah, and um, we find out at the end of this episode, cigarette smoking man's like, oh wait, I'm the father. And then they do a and flashback to what was that? Like they the do a flashback season, six seven season? season episode where we learn that the cigarette smoking man um, basically raped Scully. That is I the mean, most repulsive. Uh, it's a really ever. disturbing reveal. Yeah, it's a pretty disturbing reveal. Honestly, I mean, um, this is all getting kind of into the weeds of the mythology of the show, but. Um, we've been led to believe up to this point that Scully um, was impregnated. She she decided to basically basically do IVF in the second to last season of the show, um, of its original run uh, in in two thousand two and uh, that she was using Mulder's sperm to get pregnant. But um, around the same time, there was an episode where. Um, the cigarette smoking man kind of abducts Scully and takes her to this like hideout of his and like tries to convince her that he's like kind of a good person. Honestly, I haven't seen the episode in years and like didn't yeah, remember, I don't that, remember much it that well about it. Um, I, on, I actually, and so then we learn there's a part where Scully kind of wakes up and, and is wearing different clothing and she's like, what did you do? dude him and he's like oh you just passed out because you were really tired and my housekeeper put pajamas on you i kind of can't believe that i never considered this before actually that he had um i don't think you were supposed to i think it's yeah just, it I was not played sabotage. like this at the time i think it's sabotage retcon I don't yeah it's chris it. carter rewriting history for sure and i think it's exploiting yeah. like an actually traumatic thing to happen to a woman for the sake of chris carter not knowing how to move the story in a new direction it's true there's nothing that i hate more than rape as a plot point um and also the main problem with the x i mean <laughs> there's a lot of problems A main problem with the X-Files has been throughout its run that Scully is just becomes this like vessel for pain. Yeah. um, Which is disappointing in a character that is, I mean, the people love and a character that Julian Anderson really valiantly um, makes so much of. I mean, if Scully was played by just about anyone else, just with what she has, like, what just with what Gillian Anderson has had to work with over the years, like, it could be a much um, less significant role. But, you know, I think that Scully is genuinely one of the greatest female characters that's ever been. For sure. On television. And this is mostly due to Gillian Anderson's fantastic work alone um and you know throughout the show yeah scully just becomes this like heaped upon 
character um, that just is just fucked over and over and over again. And it's just disappointing to have it keep happening in these later seasons. You know, these like new, it's just happening again. It's just the same pattern. And also just don't even see the point. Like, so we learned that, you know, well, the the plan is still to, for, for the cigarette smoking man to depopulate the earth, basically. And I just, like, I really question this plan. Like, what... Has he thought about what he's going to do? Like, just one thing. Has he thought about what he's going to do with the billions of dead bodies? Like, cleanup is going to be a real problem. But he's like, you know, humans fucked up this place. No, no, no. I'm thinking about the actual logistics, Sarah. Yeah, the logistics. All the dead people that are, like, on the highway. All the cars that are blocking the roads now because people are panicking. Mm -hmm. Like, what what is he going to... What, does he have a garden for food? Like, what is he going to grow? It's true. like I hope you're excited. It's true. To eat Mass extinction is not. I hope you're a excited to eat road. eggplant and kale for the rest of your life because, like, <laughs> it, you're never gonna have bread again unless you know how to operate a fucking mill. Like, none of this. Right. I just probably most of our animals will die immediately. Yeah. I just um, don't. I question this plan, and I think that Chris Carter has spent more time thinking <laughs> at how to just like change, you know, twenty years of television than think about like, yeah. why would someone do this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Then to just blow up the whole like myth arc of the show, I'm like, God, couldn't you have done this 15 years ago when like no one cared about the myth arc of the show? Like now we have to blow it up when it doesn't make any sense. Um, Also, there's something about also there's like something about uh, Agent Reyes, Monica Gish. I mean, his like accomplice. I don't really. I'm. I don't really understand. I tried to go back and rewatch the finale from last year just to like prep myself. Uh, or actually, no, I watched it for the first time. Right, we talked about that last year, but <laughs> I, I kind of read a little bit more about it this this week, and I was like, oh, I still don't. No, I still don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can, you know, the season is supposed to improve greatly. We'll check in. We'll keep checking in on the X Files as we move forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see it how. Will get better from what I understand. Yeah, and so. I'm curious to see how the standalone episodes um, play out. But um, we'll move on. Um, so something else we want to talk about this week: uh, the GGs, the GGs, <laughs> the GGs. Um, the Golden Globes were this week. Um, and, you know, um, in terms of television, like, I guess um, the winners were like Big Little fine. Lies. Big Little Lies really kind of swept it. Um, yeah, yeah, know, I can go tale. through them um, just real quick. Um, the best drama series with The Handmaid's Tale, which is like good timing Hard on disagree, that one, guys. Yeah. Porn <laughs> Press, you read the room. Um, right. Best performance from an actress in a TV series drama was Elizabeth Moss of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, and then Sterling came Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us was the best actor winner for drama um, mm-hmm. from our favorite not watching show. <laughs> our favorite show that we'll never watch. <laughs> this um, is Us. Uh, Mrs. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel won best musical or comedy TV. Yeah, and Rachel uh, um, Brosnahan. Um, yeah, maybe someday we'll figure out how to say her name. I think that's right. Um, that's right. That's right enough. Um, wins best actress. Um, yeah. um, Aziz Ansari uh, won for best comedy actor. Yeah, and then Big Little uh, Lies was the winner for limited series. Um, 
which also then Nicole Kidman won. Wait, or Laura Dern did. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, she was I in the supporting will, role. Nicole Kidman won it in the, the main role. In the, in the main, yeah. I am here for, like, Laura Dern winning Her acceptance everything. speech was great. It really was. It was really good. Um, and, you know, so, like, I think obviously a lot of people have been talking about obviously the main story with the ggs um was <laughs> was <still> the <laughs> i'm not gonna stop referring to them that way <laughs> uh was definitely the me too um movement and the time really more specifically i guess the time's up um uh fund um plugging that that everyone every plugging that everyone did for the time's up fund um you know and the women wearing black i mean what are your thoughts on this i um, thought it was cool yeah i thought it was cool too people were very cynical about it i think it's easy um, to be cynical about hollywood yeah be and more I mean, cynical if it they wasn't weren't doing anything right and people are like what does it mean i'm like it's not supposed to necessarily like like it's not going to obviously do anything like, if you're but okay like, with it's like symbolic NFL wearing pink for breast cancer awareness then you're fine with right. this because this right. is actually I mean, better <laughs> i thought it was cool i mean what it served for and i think what it was mostly successful at was like to be a launching point for conversation right, right. like and i think that it succeeded in that i mean like you know the like the red carpet interviewers like you know the E, the you know Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic like had to make this kind of forcing them into making this pledge not to ask anyone who they were wearing. Um, although I th- the Fug Girls, um, if you read the Fug Girls ever like their fashion blog, I thought they made an interesting they made an interesting post that like you know these. I don't know the the designers still designed um, these kind of black outfits for them, and, and most a lot of the designers also contributed to the Times Up Fund. Um, yeah. So maybe they maybe they deserve to be shouted out, um, <laughs> but they they weren't in this in this kind of like uh, it wasn't really seen as the right context. But the Fug Girls made an interesting argument that maybe the designers should have been. Um, shouted out more and, and gotten their usual plugs. That's the whole reason that people are famous. People are wearing their mm-hmm. clothing on the red carpet. But um, you know, I don't know. the The bigger story maybe here was that um, the emotional labor of communicating this message really fell to the women. It really did. Um, they, you know, there's a great. Um, I'm going to play this. The Vulture put together a. a video audio compilation of male actors being brave um uh so i i love it because like you know there were all these opportunities to talk about this and i really think like it's easy to make excuses for them like alexander skarsgård winning um for his role i mean that's just like if alexander skarsgård didn't take three minutes to consider the context of his role as an abusive husband um in this larger you know in the in the larger thematic message of of the night not of like the 
the show itself, obviously, but of like the tone of the evening. And Alexander Skarsgård didn't like think it necessary to like make any kind of commentary on, you know, the horror of um, domestic abuse or, you know, men, the horror of, of male toxicity, um, masculine, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, I found that really especially I mean, egregious. who knows, maybe they all felt kind of, you know, just uncomfortable bringing it up. Maybe it was one of those things where they were thinking, it's like, not my place. Let the women speak or yeah. whatever. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, mansplain. There's the great, I thought uh, Seth Meyers' monologue was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of the highlights part of it was he was, he would make a, he would have a joke set up and then the microphone would go to a woman in the audience, an actress who would then deliver the punchline to it. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to Amy Poehler, she just like did this fake like, outrage got mad at him about <laughs> mansplaining to her and everything and it's just so funny and like it, it was perfect um so you know maybe there's just this sense that like men thought that they should be quiet but um i just think they need to get over that i think they need to learn how if you're not sure whether you should be talking maybe find out if there's a way you 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 could be talking where you're not silencing someone or pretending that you know better than women or people of color but that you are amplifying their voices totally you can still say something totally i didn't even think of that but it's it's a really good point um that maybe they they were like well we'll you know we'll leave this to you know the women who it's actually affected blah blah blah. maybe there was like a a somewhat good intention behind it i didn't really think about about that possibility but that is still leaving the emotional absolutely and like yeah just like why i mean you're not wrong about right and like why don't you just like talk to some women um you know like see what re- you know alexander skarsgård you were on this show with reese witherspoon um she's one of the driving forces behind the time's up fund why don't you uh shoot her a text be like what do you think should i maybe mention this right. maybe she would have been like oh you absolutely should um i don't know obviously i mean i me and reese witherspoon are like really good friends so i don't um you know, like she told yeah. me that that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. So obviously, I don't know if that <laughs> maybe that maybe that did happen. Who the hell knows? But like, I I totally agree that it's like, yeah, I bet there were people that you could have checked in with and been like, um, how, what would be the best way for me to address this? Do you think? Um, right. And if you're thinking that you know you don't know you know how to just go up there and be like, this is you know this role was you know an important one to show that like but you know like the, this this miniseries shows the silencing effect of abuse and you know all this and I hope that um more stories like this get told which is kind of the essence of what Laura Dern says but that's you're not going out on a limb there you're not being you know like that's you can you can say that there's nothing risky Mm -hmm. about that and if you do feel like that's risky then that's um a discomfort that you need to learn how to get Mm -hmm. over absolutely and if you're like oh am I saying the right thing um, yeah, just just run it by some people. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. I think that it would be a good idea to um, check, you know, with uh, with some, you know, I mean, I, I think that's a good idea. Um, but just to be like, well, then I just won't say anything. Right. And, you know, you is you, not the right response. Right. You found out there's a really great article in The Atlantic by Sophie Gilbert, I think, who's their entertainment editor. And she um, wrote about how there are basically two different Golden Globe Award ceremonies Mm -hmm. that happened the other night. And there's the one where the men were just accepting the awards like normal. And then there's the one where the women were really putting together this kind of incredible um, uh, 
call to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you had the actresses that were bringing activists to um, the uh, to the, the ceremony in lieu of, like, their part- significant others or partners or um, dates or anything. Everyone was disappointed. I think Laura Dern didn't bring Baron Davis, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but she brought uh, an activist named um, Monica Ramirez, um, and then I think it was Meryl Streep brought Ajahn Poo mm-hmm. um, of the National Domestic Workers Alliance. So there were like really awesome women. That, um, the founder of the Times Up campaign or the Me Too campaign was a guest. Um, anyway, it it was pretty awesome. The women were doing all this awesome stuff, and if you took out the men, you'd still have this really great. <laughs> absolutely i think a lot of people found a lot of ways to be cynical about the bringing along um the activists as well i understand how it can be seen as yeah but if more people know what the national workers alliance is now that's great if you know who like if you didn't know who agent Poo was i agree i mean i know that we're awesome she's a bad yeah and i mean I, i i i recognize that we are two white women um, doing this podcast and and commenting on this, but I don't recognize that. Wait, <laughs> no, it is <laughs> no, no. That's true. I'm sorry. I, we see it. Yeah, mention. we see. We're colorblind. We see everything um, in in colorblind. Um, I'm laughing because perspective. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I I understand where there can be criticism, obviously, of of tokenism. Um, I I do understand that, yeah. um, and I respect those opinions entirely, but. I do think what, you know, do we know these women's names or do we not? You know, like, I mean, I, is it, is there a perfect solution here? Probably not. Um, You know, but I do think it's great to, you know, like be able to recognize women who are putting in the work in this movement. Um, And the important test will be in how Hollywood, um, people actors and producers and directors go about um working on this still Mm -hmm. it's not enough to just buy a you know twenty thousand dollar dress that's in black Mm -hmm. and you know say baron stay at home today i'm i'm bringing this woman and then think that's done and i don't think that's the case for laura dern but like we have to keep having this conversation Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i think we would be well i mean and we'd be remiss if we talk about the golden globes and we don't mention um you know oprah's speech um which we can just kind of talk about quickly uh but i mean you know it was a really great she she won the cecil b demille DeMille award Award. i mean she which recognizes um just people who have made uh outstanding contributions in the field of of in entertainment media obviously they're just Oprah has few peers. Um, I mean, they're, she's an icon above icons, um, you know, a role model for, I think, you know, just about anyone. I think, you know, there can be criticisms made of Oprah, but there can be criticisms made of just about any human being on the planet. Um, and, you know, she's, she's just an incredible, an incredible speech. Um, is it Oprah 2020? I don't know. Um, I mean, I hope not. That was, I'm sorry. I think that's I agree. Long. I think it's, it's silly. Um, someone I saw on Twitter, um, I think it was Yashar Ali, um, made a really good point that was like, 
uh, everyone who's talking about Oprah 2020 and how this sounded like a stump speech or like a, you know, a, a, a campaign kickoff speech, like maybe doesn't really know Oprah that well because this is um, how she, right. this is her rhetoric um, when right. she and gives public speeches. Right, and you're also allowed speeches. to listen to something important without without thinking that they're, thinking that they're running for office. Someone's trying to catch you. Totally. And like, you know, I mean, I, I get where the, the structure of the speech was similar to a speech um, like that, uh, where she talks about her coming from small beginnings, from talks about the poverty that she grew up in and how she kind of um, grew into, you know, just dominated her, you know, her way into just in, um, you know, unmatchable career, a, a career that is just you know, would have been impossible for so many, for just about any black woman um, in the time that she, um, you know, in the time that she she really rose to power, um, you know, in a lot of ways, um, a, a position of power that is still unfortunately unthinkable for many black women. Um, and she's just incredible. I, I mean, but yeah, the, the, the point was that, you know, she she talks about the linoleum floor, you know, sitting on her mother's linoleum floor and the long hours that her mother worked as a domestic worker. Um, and, uh, you know, these are just themes that she talks about a lot. It doesn't mean that she's running for right. office, you know, like it, it, we're just so right. used, we're just like so conditioned to like putting that format of speech into like a political context. <laughs> yeah. But I think also it was just an outstanding um an outstanding moment for her i'm I'm just over the moon that, yeah. that you know she's been like recognized with one of the highest honors that um that uh first hashtag this town to yeah first black woman to to receive the cecil Mel award i certainly not the last i hope um and hopefully more women um you know in general uh can be can be winning this award but it really is i mean it's like you know i think it's easy to like be like what is that but like i mean honestly it is really one of the most coveted um uh, you know anointments i don't know if that's a word um it sure, it is, sure is now um in hollywood and uh you know i you know let's just put oprah 2020 aside and like recognize the importance of the moment um yeah i think and uh yeah and i think we should play you know a clip from her speech because it got the crowd really going she lived as we all have lived too many years in a culture broken by brutally powerful men for too long women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men but their time is up Your time is up. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll wrap it up here. We'll talk quickly about uh, what we're watching and not watching. Um, so what we... I'll do uh, what we are watching if you want to do what we're not watching. Um, yeah, what, are, what are you going to be watching? Well, I'm going to be watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend this week. Um, okay, I, I've heard of it. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> we, we've only talked about it... Um, <laughs> dozen times or so at least uh 
I um, didn't catch the premiere this week yet, uh, but I am very much looking forward to it. I was caught off guard because I thought it was going to be coming back like next month. And then like, you know, looking at Rachel. I know. I'm so excited. Um, So I'll be watching that this week. There'll have been two episodes by the time we uh, talk again next week. Um, And what are we not watching? Oh, what are we not watching? Um... So I started, I think I talked last week about Halt and Catch Fire, that AMC show. And mm-hmm. I started it. I still think it's really good. But um, I just haven't picked it back up. I've watched a lot of TV this week. And that has not been uh, one of the shows. I, that happens. I don't know if it's that okay. I don't care about computers. <laughs> or the people. I, that I happens. I don't know what it is. It's okay. Something, a show, I'm just not really interested. A show Am can fluctuate. That's fine. A show can fluctuate in between what we are watching and what we're not watching, honestly. Um, you might yeah. you might decide you want to come back to it. Um, this is not a searing indictment of the show. I'm no. not saying it's bad. No. It's not like my usual. Because I'm still not watching uh, This Is Us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're never watching This Is Us. Um, oh, it should be a time to mention that the song that won the Golden Globe for Best Original Song in a Movie <laughs> was the song from uh, The Greatest Showman, that, like, whitewashed version, like, that that terrible movie about... Uh, about um, P.T. Uh, Barnum, Barnum, I think it's about P.T. Yeah, <laughs> and about, like, when it, like, overlooks how much he was, like, abused elephants and his the people that, like, worked for him. Um, and it has, like, terrible songs in it, and it has this song that you hear in all the commercials called uh, This Is Me. And it's sung by the bearded lady. It is (laughs) such a dumb song. (laughs) This is me. (laughs) This is us. What's great is that I didn't know that it was sung by the bearded lady. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't that make it better? It does. I'm going to picture that now. (laughs) It's just like so earnest. It's just like, because a woman has facial hair. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) This is me. This is me. Yeah, this is her song of empowerment. Um, (laughs) This is the bearded lady rising up and really just taking her place and demanding respect. That's, I have no idea what the fucking song is about but i that is in my mind now that i know that it is i think it's just about her like being proud of who she is i just if you're a bearded lady be proud of it but like i don't want to listen to that song i want it to be um i want it to be like a freaks sort of thing like the movie freaks um i just like (laughs) want all of the like characters of the movie freaks but in this movie to like rise up and just sing this is me um that's really <laughs> that's my dream instead of the um one of us song um one of us it's gonna be <laughs> this is me um so everyone stay tuned for my um greatest showman fan fiction because that's gonna be perfect. i will not but that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's it for us this week um all right uh we will be back next week with more um tales from the depths of uh the television uh dial from television television dials don't exist anymore just go with it yeah <laughs> i'll go with it all right sarah good night good night good night